Welcome back to the Gist Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We have our co-host back returning from Spain. Colby, how are you doing? How was your trip? I'm back, baby. I'm back. Yeah, I went to Spain. I forgot all about baseball. I haven't looked at baseball in two weeks. What's happened? Tell me. Like, what? what's, what's baseball now? I have absolutely no idea what's happened. That's, well, Brent Rooker's still on top of the world, so that's what you've missed. I mean, I um, thought you were going to tell me that Masataka Yoshida has now returned to glory and is raking. Returned to glory? Was he there before? Oh, he was there. The World Baseball Classic. He's okay, World well, Baseball Classic Yoshida now. And I saw an interesting stat. We'll start the show with this. Masataka Yoshida ranks as has the highest WOBA against stuff plus above 125. So like pitches that have a stuff plus over 125, he has the highest Woba. And this is a guy that, you know, people were saying, oh, I don't know if he can make the adjustment. I think he's making the adjustment to the big leagues. Maybe so. Maybe so. He's here. Um, In all seriousness, I have been keeping up with baseball. I have been watching plenty of baseball. I was staying up until the wee hours of the night in Spain watching my my Red Sox and excited to be back on the show and, and talk fantasy baseball. We got some exciting stuff to talk about. Um, so yeah, excited, man. Yeah. So today we're going to run through some news and notes and talk about a pitching performance or actually two pitching performances last night, the Millers, and then Colby and I just have some names to run through today. Some players who are rostered, some players who are not rostered, just kind of our thoughts on them. Maybe some players you should drop or target. Um, but let's start off with that pitching matchup last night. I doubt too many people were watching the nearly rained out. Mariners versus Athletics. Bryce Miller versus Mason Miller, two electric rookies. Both had a no-hitter going in through six innings. And uh, Bryce Miller, sorry, I I know I'm going to mix them up here, had a perfect game. Mason Miller finished seven no-hit innings. Bryce Miller ended up giving up a run and a hit to, of all people, Tony Kemp, one of the worst players in the league this year. Colby. Tell me you got to watch that game like I did. So I got home um, about the fifth inning. So I turned it on the fifth inning. Um, so I didn't get to see the whole game. But those last couple innings of, of Mason Miller and Bryce Miller that I did see was incredible. First takeaways before I get into all the deep dive numbers on this is nobody can hit Bryce Miller's fastball. What If it's middle, middle, doesn't matter. And Mason Miller's fastball as well. Like both of these guys have legitimately top fastballs in baseball right now amongst anybody. And you can break that down to stuff plus. I'll do that right now while I'm on the topic. Bryce Miller's fastball, and this is just six innings, right? But stuff plus does normalize pretty quick. A 136 stuff plus on that fastball would rank sixth in baseball. Mason Miller's fastball, a 139 stuff plus, that would rank fourth in baseball. Overall grade on stuff plus for Bryce Miller last night was 132. That comes in as second among starters behind only DeGrom right above Otani. And Mason Miller right now ranks six and stuff plus across his three starts at 125. So like these are two young studs that, I mean, 
we talk about Grayson Rodriguez and these other pitching prospects, but like, are these the two best? Like, I, it's crazy. I knew it would be a special night when Mason Miller just, I mean, a beautiful fastball, blown away, painted the corner. And I thought, holy crap, man, his commands on his stuff was actually a little bit down in terms of velo last night. And then you saw Bryce Miller at one point. I know it's Nick Allen. I don't think he's a talented baseball player, good fielder, but he was up 3-1 in the count. Bryce Miller went fastball right down the middle, strike two, fastball right down the middle, foul tip, just couldn't even have any chance against the fastball. Then fastball, high inside, strike three. It was awesome. Watching those two youngsters go after it last night was incredible. So Mason Miller, here's an interesting little thing for you, Clay. He has an average launch angle against of 26.5. I mean, his ground ball rate right now is 22.2%. He's giving up a lot of hard contact too, 50% hard hit rate. But all of it is either, it's just straight up in the air. His barrel rate against is 2.8%. He's given up only one barrel so far in three starts. So really impressive. The most impressive thing for me from last night for Mason Miller was him going seven innings. I That was kind of my one reservation. I was like, is this guy just going to be a four or five inning guy? Is he going to walk too many batters? Um, yeah. Obviously a no hitter last night. That's going to help you go deep into a did game. Walk four, yeah. Um, but man, he looks good. I would say Mason Miller's an ad everywhere in... 10 team leagues and above, I would say Bryce Miller is in the same boat for me. I mean, like Bryce Miller has a Robbie Ray's out. Like he can stay in that rotation. Yeah. There's no reason he can't. And before we dive into our names that we plan on discussing today, I wanted to put, put some, something up for you here, but I don't want to talk about the player too much. Cause I want to save him for next episode. Probably who leads the NL in B war. Who leads the NL in baseball pitchers and hitters war. combined Everyone is it a pitcher or a hitter just who i'm not gonna tell you that's not nice <laughs> just take a guess no one's gonna guess it right so don't um feel like it's gotta be a pitcher then it's gotta be somebody that's like has like not given up a single run i i don't know i really don't know give it to me graham ashcraft graham ashcraft leads the Entire National League in B-War as of May 3rd. What but was his we line were... last night? Um, I watched the game. I think he was in the seventh inning when they pulled him. I, I can't quite re- remember. But David Bell was approaching the mound, and Graham Ashcraft was saying, I got him. I got him. Like, let me go after him. He's got that bulldog mentality. I know we both love him. Colby, let's dive into the first player that you want to bring up from, from your list. Yeah, absolutely. So we we each picked five players here and just guys that I just want to talk about. Like guys I'm interested in talking about because they're either having a really hot start to the season, really cold start to the season, or they're like they're getting more opportunity. Um, so the first guy I want to start with, and it's a player that I own. Um, it's a player that I drafted for one dollar in an auction draft. And I was practically running around my room. Because I was like, how did I just get him for $1? Cody Bellinger, I got for $1 in a 12-team auction, and I desperately needed outfielders. I also got Kellenic in that auction as well. Um, so my desperate outfield situation has actually turned into kind of a surplus for me right now. Um, but Bellinger, man, Bellinger's back. He's hitting 303. He has seven home runs, five stolen bases. He, the biggest thing, 
for coding Bellinger. The reason that I believe he is fully back, he's not even hitting the ball that hard. Only a 33% yeah. hard hit rate, but he slashed his strikeout rate from what it was in 2021 and 2022, 27%. It's back down to 16%, which is where it was in 2019 during his MVP season, back to where it was in 2020, where he was still a very, very serviceable player. But he's he's like back to that approach that he was in when he won an MVP. And yeah. I have no reason to believe that he's that it's going to change right now because he's not striking out. He's hitting the ball in the air still. Um, the hard hit rate isn't great, but I don't I don't care. It's that approach that I really care about with yeah, him. Yeah, I, I agree. The approach has been so much better. And maybe he's just more comfortable getting out of LA for a start. Sometimes I think we can overrate that, and sometimes I think we can underrate it. I think we're underrating it in Cody Bellinger's stance here. The expected batting average is 269, expected slugging 489. I don't care. Because even if he was hitting exactly that, I still think he's a valuable player and so much better than he has been the past couple of years. Whiff rate on breaking balls, 23%, down from 35% last season. I love what I'm seeing. I think the Cubs made a fantastic signing because even if he was dog shit at at the plate, you're getting a good fielder on a one-year deal. I love, I, I, I just loved everything about this. And I'm so glad that he's back to being, you know, what we know he can be. And what really killed him the last few years is that his batting average balls in play was terrible, right? 245 in 2020, 196 in 2021. His BABIP last year was 255. You look this year, his BABIP's at 303. His BABIP in 2019 during that MVP season was 302. And it, it just goes directly back to those strikeouts. So that's all I really needed to see before I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm not selling Cody Bellinger high. Hold, hold, hold. He already has five stolen bases in 26 games, seven bombs. So happy to see Cody Bellinger back because it, it really was one of those f- most mysterious falls from grace. So um, do you want to go to your one of your guys? We'll switch off here. Yeah. I feel like that's the that's yeah. the vibe. All right, cool. So a guy on my list here is Ty France. And I've always been a fan of Ty France. I know just about everyone at Just Baseball has been on the Ty France train forever. Owned in about 80% of leagues right now. Now his value is a little different this year. He doesn't have the positional flexibility he had in previous years where you could put him at second base or third base and whatnot. A slash line so far, 238, 336, 352, only one home run. Now he only had 20 home runs last year. He's not going to tap into 30 or anything like that. He doesn't hit the ball particularly hard. But, but he's somebody who I'm buying. I am buying Ty France. I just love him as a hitter, and I know what we've seen in the past. I think he's going to get back to that. And right now, I mean, even some leagues are, or excuse me, some owners are starting to drop him in shallow leagues. So I know people are getting frustrated with him. If you do own him, hold. And if you don't own him, go out and try to get him for a discount. He's walking more uh, up to 9%, which is up from about 5.7%, still early. That could, you know, normalize, but only a 13% K rate. We know the bat-to-ball skills. Expected batting average of 252, expected slugging of 372. Struggling against breaking balls right now, 184. Last year against breaking balls, 261. I think he's going to bounce back. I think it's just kind of a cold start. The entire Mariners offense has been cold. As we saw last night, you had the freaking Oakland Athletics going after you. So Ty France, to me, I, I don't know if I can say buy low. That doesn't sound appropriate, but a guy that I would target. 
He's one for his last 29. Target him. I mean, that's, you know that's, about that's to stop. pretty impressive. And it's not like that comes with an insane strikeout rate or anything. Like it's yeah. everything's pretty normal. Um, he's not hitting the ball as hard as he once was like last year compared to last year, but he's never been a guy that really hits the ball that hard. He hits yeah. a lot of line drives. That's the Ty France um, that we've come to know and love. And yeah, I would Shoots say this is gaps a, and bloops it over the first baseman's head. That's this is a what prime, you're going to get a lot of prime buying opportunity. Clay, I agree. Um, also a 3.3% home run for fly ball rate. A lot of normalization has got to happen here with Ty France. So great point there. Um, should we move on? Cool. Let's hear your your next person here. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk Trey Turner for a minute. I've held off on talking about Trey Turner because I wanted to see how long this would last. Like I was, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Give him a week. Give him another week. Like it's gotta, it's gotta normalize at some point. He's gotta go come back to his, you know, superstar ways. But he just has not yet. Fly ball rate is up. Hard hit rate is down to thirty one point three percent on the year. He's chasing outside the zone at a much higher rate this year than he ever has, um, which is very concerning to me. Uh, in zone contact percentage is down to 82% down from where he was last year at 86% down from the 88% he has been for most of his career. So he's just clearly not seeing the ball right right now. Um, powers down three home runs, four stolen bases hitting just 262. The X Woba is actually lower than his Woba. So I want to ask you if you're concerned first, I, I don't know, like strikeout rate is up. He's chasing. It's just a, it's weird. Yeah, and it's going to appear like if you're one of those people that goes to points, sort most points in your point league or whatever stat category you're looking for, he's going to be lower than he should because he only has like eight RBI. Like that's going to change. He's going to be better than this. We know he's a better than a 262 hitter. This is looking kind of like what he was earlier in his career at times where it's like, we know he has another level where he's proven that level now. And I expect him to get closer towards that as you said, like highest K rate of his career, um, lowest hard hit rate of career, only 31%, lowest barrel rate as well, 4.2%. I, you know, I, I, I just think all of this will level out with the past two hitters that we've talked about. I think that they're going to get back towards the norm. Now, will it be a slightly down year for him? Sure. Maybe he bats 286 instead of 300. But the 262, 304, 392 is not going to stick. He did homer on Wednesday night um, against Julio Urias, actually. Um, so an old teammate. So and he maybe has a double today. He does have a double today. Okay. So I say bye. I think, I think why not? It's Trey Turner. I think you have to bet on him returning to what Trey Turner is. And I mean, I guess the only trend that you could point to for why Trey Turner would have a down year this year is he signed the big contract. That's kind of the only trend I could point to, but we, that, that that can happen. Changing cities, sign the big contract, get a little complacent, but he's still going to provide so much value being a power speed plus run generator um, that I say, bye, why not? Next player on my list, Anthony DeSclafani, owned in only like 60% of leagues. That should jump up fast, especially after Wednesday night's performance, going eight strong with zero runs against the Astros. Uh, 2.13 ERA on the year with a 3.39 fit. He only has three walks in 38 innings so far. 
he's been the best pitcher on the Giants. I mean, I I know a lot of people like Logan Webb and whatnot, but like Anthony DiSclefani has been the best outing every single time. Four out of his five starts have qualified as quality starts. So if you're in a quality starts league, that's big. More slider usage than ever before. Up 10% from last year, and it just keeps going back. And I feel like doing this show has helped me kind of understand better with like pitchers and how much they evolve further in their career. So when you see Hunter Green struggle at times, you don't call him a bust because these players are still adapting, changing. And we'll talk about Sonny Gray soon, not to spoil it, but you know, it takes a long time to figure things out and figure out what works for you and then change to make yourself a better pitcher. And I think he's doing that right now. Um, You know, he missed most of 2022. So look back at 2021, 3.17 ERA, 3.62 FIP, First year with the Giants, and we know they can change some things about pitchers. I think he's the 2021 guy, and I think a lot of us forgot about it heading into the season. Just how good of a player he can be. Injuries and innings are the thing that have kept him away from being a fantasy, I wouldn't say star, but you know, a really solid fantasy option. And there's nothing better than owning a pitcher that plays at Oracle Park. That place mm-hmm. is so massive, but Clay, you hit the nail on the head. I... I'm the biggest preach throw your best pitch more and throwing his slider basically as his primary pitch 45% usage on that slider um, has been amazing for him. It's not like it's a great whiff pitch for him. 29% is like pretty average for slider stuff, Um, but he's getting a ton of ground balls off of that pitch and it's definitely the pitch for him. So yeah. He was a guy that we were giving out as a streaming option early in the season, but now, yeah, he, he, that's how I got him. I streamed him. He pitched well. And I thought, well, I'll hold on to him. And I almost traded him last week. I was this close to trading him, and I didn't. And I'm so glad that I didn't because now he's going to be on my team all year, hopefully. Clay, also, before I move on to my next guy, I have such a funny story for you. I don't think I told you this. So I get home from Spain on Sunday, and I am I am on the train home, on the subway, and I get a Twitter notification. And this is during – this is like there's games being played. The Reds are playing. And I think Nick Lodolo gave up a home run, yeah. two-run home run in his first inning, but he settled down. He played well, pitched well. Um, that's kind of been the problem for him this year is giving up home runs. He has a 30% K rate and a 6% walk rate. Like, I think things are going to normalize for him, but he did give up that home run in the first inning. And last July, I tweeted, because Keith Law left Nick Lodolo off of his top 100 list. Oh, I, I know. tweeted, I, and it kind of blew up. This tweet kind of blew up. And it was, remember that time that Keith Law left Nick Lodolo off the top 100 list. I didn't tag him or anything. So I'm on the train, and guess who likes that tweet from last July? On no Sunday? way. Swear Keith? to God, Keith Law went back, was searching his name and Nick Lodolo, and like taking a victory lap after 30 innings of this guy having a 6 ERA this year. My um, league team name is Keith Law's List. That that that's my uh, team name, but I mean, how petty do you have to be to search your name and take a victory lap after a singular inning? Insanity He's that he has to validate it. himself in that way. I mean, Keith, I hope you're listening to the show. If he's listening to the show, that would make my whole entire year. He's not. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, maybe he is. The guy's obsessed. Crazy. All right, ne- next option. I think we already mentioned it. Go ahead. 
Did we mention? Well, I I, I mentioned Sonny Gray when I oh was okay yeah let's talk Sonny Gray. I mean he has been unbelievable this year. He has a .77 ERA in six starts. Um, two point nine four expected ERA, two point zero five FIP. But you talk about a pitcher that's evolved this year. This pitch mix is completely new. He's uh now wielding a cutter, throwing that twenty percent of the time. Um, so basically the pitch mix is twenty five percent curveball, twenty percent cutter. He's using a sinker, sweeper, fastball, and changeup more as complementary pitches. But it's a true six pitch mix now. He thinks and he's this- you Darvish now. He literally is. This cutter is sick, dude. 132 Woba against 192 expected Woba. 30% whiff rate on that cutter. And then the the two secondary pitches, the curveball and the slider, are unhittable. 41% whiff rate on the curveball. He has a 46% whiff rate on that sweeper slider. And then that allows those fastballs that have been mediocre in the past really play up. And he's added a changeup, which he hasn't displayed in a long time. He's throwing that changeup 7% of the time. It's a true six-pitch mix. And, yeah, this is, I mean, the problem with Sonny Gray is he always gets hurt. He hasn't eclipsed yeah. more than 135 innings um, since He has a, over 150 innings twice since 2016. Yeah, so that's rough. But hold on for dear life and enjoy this ride because he is nasty right now. Like he's entering, he's a few starts away from me going, Oh, is Sonny Gray an ace again? Yeah. And here's my question. Are these changes potentially going to help his health? Like, I don't know if there was something about what he was doing in the past and the pitches he was throwing and how it affected him. Potentially this, I mean, I'm not going to say that after, you know, 30 innings or whatever, but it's possible And, you know, when he was traded from the Reds, I kind of thought that was a great move by the Reds. I thought they got out at the right time. Injuries, wasn't old, but, you know, on the wrong side of 30. And the Reds have done well in trades recently. This is one that's looking... Now, Chase Petty, who they got in return, is a good prospect. Don't get me wrong. But Sonny Gray, man, he's looked good this year. Um, Really excited to, to see how he does. Because we've been saying the whole time... The Twins don't have an ace. They don't have an ace. Oh, they got Pablo Lopez. Like, okay, they have a bunch of twos or threes or fours. And now they've got like a bunch of dudes who are pitching also. Louis Varlin. Shout out Bailey Ober. Louis Varlin is pitching today in his second Major League start. He has crazy stuff. He's got a really good pitch mix. So I'm excited to see him. He might be a guy that we're talking about in deeper leagues this weekend. This, This team and how they do with the pitching staff that they have, if it all works out and the changes that they're making with their pitchers, like we need to talk about them in the same light that we talk about the Rays and whatnot. Like if this works out two, three years down the road, like they should get a ton of credit for bringing in these particular pitchers and making the changes. It's it's really impressive. Well, you want to know who has one of the biggest front offices and biggest data departments in the league? Minnesota Twins, man. Yeah. Huge. Moving on to a guy that I like a lot. Braxton Garrett, explain to me why Braxton Garrett's owned in 3.4% of leagues. I know he hasn't gone deep into games. He hasn't really had that opportunity yet. This is a guy with a 2.45 ERA, 2.78 FIP. So he's been going two, three innings, whatever. Like I think he's going to finally start to string together some starts and be able to pitch deeper into games. He has 151.2 career innings of 3.86 baseball. ERA, excuse me, 
3.86 ERA. The league average ERA is well over four now. Like, this is a really good option. Now, he doesn't exactly strike a ton of guys out, just below eight per nine, but he doesn't walk anybody either. He's got a fantastic slider and pretty damn good movement across the board. He's a streamer option that's always popular, but deep leagues don't want Braxton Garrett. I don't see why not. I like him a lot. I'm not saying automatic ad right now. I'm just saying he's a guy that I think we need to pay a little bit more attention to to see if he starts getting starts that could be stretched out. I think the problem with why people aren't rostering him is merely that they don't know if he has a roster spot or like a rotation spot. Yeah. Because yeah. they have Sandy, Jesus, and like the ex- expectation is this Marlins rotation is going to have someone hurt at all times yeah. pretty much. But they do have Sandy, Lazardo, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers, Yuri Perez is getting a lot of buzz as yeah. a potential call up soon. Brian Hoeing has come up and been solid. Um, and then Johnny Cueto as well. So there's a lot of Injured, arms yeah. there, a lot of arms. But agreed, Clay, like to me, Braxton Garrett. It could be a really good streaming option in the right matchup. Um, the only problem is he hasn't been going deep into games, but you mentioned that slider. It's really good. The problem is the fastball is just not very good at 89 miles an hour. It does get picked apart a good amount. Yeah. Um, but I, he doesn't walk anybody. He doesn't go up free passes, like good splits. Yeah, he's interesting. It's time to talk about one of the more intriguing names in any bullpen for the Baltimore Orioles. Take it away unbelievable how the Baltimore Orioles just spawn these ridiculous relievers. I guess that's just major league league baseball at this point. But Yanir Cano, and I don't know if that is how you say it, so we maybe butchered it. Maybe it's Yanir. Yanir. I don't know. We'll have to look up after this episode. But he has been, Cano has been unreal. He might be, he's putting up currently the best numbers of any reliever. Right. Yeah. He has a zero ERA in 12 innings, a 0.91 expected ERA. He has not walked a single batter and he has two saves on the year. So they do trust him in those save situations when um, Felix Bautista is not available. The, the Orioles have been winning so many games that there's going to be secondary save opportunities in this bullpen. But if you play in a league that um, does saves plus holds, I play in a lot of those yeah. leagues and I like that style. He has five holds as well. So he's high leverage as high leverage gets. He is their secondary man. And if Felix Bautista goes down, he is the man in that role. He throws this splitter that is comes out side slot and it looks like a frisbee. Like it's like a backward sweeper. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He has a 69% ground ball rate, which, you know, if anyone's listened to the show, you know, I love guys with high ground ball rates, especially out of the bullpen. Like he's been incredible. The funniest thing is just like looking at his stats and seeing a 0.08 whip. Like, that's just a goofy-looking number to see, on, you know, with width next to it. Um, yeah, and, and you mentioned this is a situation to monitor. The way I've used Cano in my leagues is if it's a day like Thursday where there's only half the league playing, you can select him, put him on your roster, and just hope he gets into the game if you have a roster spot. And he's only owned in, you know, about 10% of leagues or something, so – you can bounce him on and off your roster, and if but Batista goes down, you you have a closer. Dude, this pitch mix doesn't make sense. Like, listen to this, Clay. 
He throws a 95 mile an hour sinker that has a negative, an average exit or average launch angle of negative 15 against it. It has 33 inches of drop, 18 inches of horizontal movement on a sinker that's 95. Then you go to this changeup. It's the same pitch at 90 miles an hour, 33 inches of drop, 18 inches of horizontal movement. It's just too crazy pitches he has not allowed a hit on that changeup so far he's allowing just an 056 batting average against the sinker has not allowed a hit against the slider ridiculous it's green so i have two left i'm going to mention one but we don't really have to break him down i just want to pull, you know put some stats out there and i want to talk about the second one. First one is riley green 234 293, 327, two home runs, seven RBIs, two stolen bases. This guy's been awful. 31.9% K rate, high K rate in the minors as well. Not alarmingly high, but high. Um, only five home runs and 418 play appearances last year. He's still young. I know. Redraft leagues, I, I don't want him at all. I'm dropping him if I had him. Hard hit rates down to 38% from 45% last year and a 61% ground ball rate. 2022, he was at 56. I don't see it with him right now. He doesn't look comfortable at the plate at all. The guy I really want to talk about here is, is Ezekiel Tovar. 7.7% owned. Looked out and matched when he first came up. That The slash now is 217, 265, 337. Not good. What I like is what the adjustments that I've seen in the past few games. Hits in six of the past seven. Now he's still striking out at a pretty good rate. But he just hit his first home run, 108 off the bat, 447 feet. I don't care if it was in Coors. I would have been out in every single ballpark. 21 years old, worried about the Ks. Like him as a deeper option because people have been dropping him. I I like to keep an eye on him. I'm not picking him up right now, but I'm keeping an eye on him. You know why I am completely out on Ezekiel Tovar right now as a fantasy option? I love Tovar, and I talked very promisingly about him preseason where are the steals this Colorado Rockies team does not steal bases they have this the second least steals in baseball they've only stolen six bases this year Tovar had 17 steals last year in double a in just 66 games clay he hasn't even attempted a steal this year in 27 games and yes he hasn't been getting on base 265 on base percentage, but you would expect that he would at least have three or four steals in what is such a stolen base climate right now. What are they doing? You have a 21 year old whose biggest tool is probably his speed right now. Yeah. What are yeah. you doing? I I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that he settles in a little bit. It, it was aggressive to put him in the majors this year, but I, I kind of like it at the same it. time. Like, no, I, I liked it. And... Like he's, he's there, like let him get seasoned. But yeah. I thought that, that Tovar could be kind of that Anthony Volpe light where, you know, a good mix of power and speed and give you some stolen bases, even if he's not producing at the plate, like some stolen bases mixed in there, but there's nothing there. So that's, that's mm -hmm. my concern there is that there's just not much to go along with really crappy out, but I, I had him in a 14 team league and I, I had to drop him. Your last him. one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk Tanner Bybee. We just, we talked a lot of young guns, uh, Mason Miller, Bryce Miller, but Tanner Bybee was, uh, I believe he pitched yesterday as well. Yeah, he did pitched against the Yankees five and a third, two earned runs against five strikeouts has not walked a batter in 11 innings. This is, I mean, this is 
13 really, really good. Really, really good stuff from Tanner Bybee. The report from RM Layton on Tanner Bybee was nothing but amazing things to say about Tanner Bybee. So to me, Tanner Bybee is definitely a target. Um, the Guardians, like the Rays, like the Dodgers, like the Twins, as we talked about, like they spawn these guys. And if they're confident in him, he's 24 as well. It's not like he's just like a 21-year-old coming up. Like he's 24. Yeah. He's a, He's got some experience under his belt. He's got that slider at 83 miles per hour. That's fantastic to work off a 95 mile per hour fastball with a 38% whiff rate on the slider. It's 11 innings. I don't care. That sticks out to me. Zero walks, 13 Ks. I love it. I love the Guardians. We talked about Logan Allen the past like two episodes and how much I like him. So I like Bybee more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, probably. But I, I've already become like Logan Allen Stan. So I'm just going to hold my ground on that. So, but Bybee's owned in 44% of leagues in Yahoo. So jump on the train now. Also, Clay, 31% hard hit rate against and a 26% launch angle. So another extreme fly ball pitcher that just does not give up hard contact. And I love that. Yeah. Well, that that's going to be it for today. Before we leave, I want to remind everyone to like and subscribe and follow us on Twitter. Last night put out a tweet saying the rain out for the Mets Tigers game would allow you to pick up a player to get two games today, two games today. So what did I do? I immediately picked up Javier Baez, which I hate saying I picked up Javier Baez, but I liked the matchup. He homered, he had a single scored a couple runs. He's actually playing a little bit better. Um, Mark Cano is another player. So follow the Twitter account. We will be more active on that, putting out some, some nuggets that we find along the way as well. Check out the merchandise that we have on the website. Just breaks. We're going to be pulling out some cards. Colby, what am I missing? Sit, sit uh, well, you're missing home. that Javier Baez hit his first barrel of the season. He had not had a barrel in yet this year, and he did it today. So good for him. Good for you for picking him up. But yeah, go follow us on Twitter. Go follow the main Twitter. Go get some JB merch. The best shirts in the game. So, Clay. I'm just glad to be back talking baseball with you, my man. So we'll catch everybody next time. But that's going to do it today. Am I right? Adios. That's it.